Hey, we're Jeff and Jackie Lynch. We're part of the ministry team here at Compassion Church in beautiful Danville, Virginia. We are so glad that you have found us. Here's this week's message. No, I'm not Jeffrey, as you heard there in Florida, um, with other pastors in the network. And so, had the privilege of bringing a message, and Jeff's like, can you talk about anger? And I said, oh boy, can I? I can. And so, to prelude into that, you know, we've been in the Mind Monster series, and if you don't know what Monsters Incorporated is, does anybody has no clue what that is? You have no idea what Monsters Incorporated is? Why am I out of breath? Getting old. No, but that, you know, that's kind of how the week is going. Like Friday, I woke up, and with the weather changing, Start to have a little bit of drainage, starts getting a little scratchy, and y'all probably like, well, probably should be wearing a mask. No, I think it's just allergies, changing of the season, but that's just how it goes, right? When you're supposed to get up and speak for, I'm not going to be like Jeff and preach for 40 minutes, okay? So, Jeff, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. But we're in Mind Monsters kind of playing off Monsters Incorporated. I love Monsters Incorporated. We watched it about 42 billion times in a row. Because if you have a kid, then you know once they find something that it is on repeat, like the Christmas story on Christmas morning, 24-7, which I hate that movie, by the way, because of that reason. The only part I care about is the leg lamp scene. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But I don't know why. It's just my favorite scene. I'm, I'm sorry. So, sorry. But back to Monsters Incorporated. A lot of us deal with a lot of monsters in our lives. People call them skeletons in the closet, demons. Some would say addiction. Saw a pastor preach about addiction, and instead of calling it addiction, calls it a stronghold, because a stronghold's temporary, and what people make out addiction is to be permanent. You're always an addict, and that is not the case. It's not the case. Just like the seasons in our life are not permanent, they come to pass. But we deal with a lot of emotions, a lot of heartaches, struggles, anxiety, depression, anger. And so I have pulled a clip from Monsters Incorporated. Check it out. We'll probably uh, get hit on YouTube for playing it because we don't have the copyrights. So if y'all will play that soon. Uh, sir, that's not her door. I know. I know. It's yours. No! 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 It's too late. We're banished, genius. We're in the human world. Oh, what a great idea! Going to your old. 
If y'all haven't seen that movie, go check it out. Monsters Incorporated. Love it. They have Monsters University. And then Disney Plus. How many Disney Plus subscribers? Yep. We got it too. Watch it on repeat. Great. But how many of you have friends? That's like, that is you and your friends right there. Like, that's how you You! You had one job, right? So if you don't know Mike's the little green guy, that would be Jeff, obviously, in that, the fight that I just said, okay? Just make sure you knew. But seriously, we have issues like, like they do. And so if you haven't seen the movie, you know that their job is to scare kids. That's how they get their power, right? Scare but Soli's heart has changed. He's had an encounter with a little girl that he calls Boo. Changed his whole dynamic and how he looks at life. Mike was all about breaking the scare record, accomplishing it, right? Some might would say a living, you know, nice things. Soli was more concerned about the person. And getting her back home. And so, if you don't know, Mr. What, what's, babe, help me out. What's the uh, boss's name? Weather Water News. He's the boss of, like, the power company. And so, he just banished him. Banished him. Left him out in the cold. Out to dry. And so, I've titled my message today... It's called help. I'm struggling. Because how many of you would be honest and say that sometimes you felt like God has forsaken you, God has banished you, he has left you out in the cold, he's forgotten about you? Anybody? Anybody? Well, that's, that's, that's been me. That's been me. For the last few weeks, and this is probably one of the hardest messages I've ever had to preach just because, and if you, if you don't know anything about me, I'm 100% transparent, and it's probably even harder for my wife to sit up here, but right now I'm mad at God. If I can be honest with you, I'm mad at him, angry. Two weeks ago, I sat down with Jackie and Jeff and said, I'm quitting. Quit. Can't do it no more. Just, just being transparent. Can't do it. I said, I can't fake being a follower. Can't do it. I can't. And, and I, said, I said, I don't have a word for it. I just feel lost. You feel, have you felt lost lately? There's so much going on in the world where we 
just don't know what to do. I feel like I'm just existing. Just existing. Just existing. And so I want to look at Job. And I, I've read the book of Job this past week probably three times, and it's 42 chapters. And it's, I don't know if I'm better off or worse than when I started reading it because it's just tough. But I feel like it's something that we need to look at. Because I think sometimes when we read the Bible, when we get into the Word, when we're doing life, we're busy, it's confusing. You ever read the Bible and just like, what? What? I don't understand. I don't understand. And it's okay. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. There's a lot of stuff I don't understand. But if you let some of those monsters mess with you, it will talk you out of doing what God has in store for you. You'll feel inadequate, like I'm feeling, like I shouldn't even be up here with a microphone. Who am I, right? Who am I? But we're going to look at Job and... If you have your Bible, make sure you turn to it. Not all the Scripture is going to be on the screen today because it is a lot of Scripture. So there's going to be some moments where you got to turn to your Bible, open up the Bible app on your phone. That's what I'm going to be reading out of. I was wanting to actually read out of my Bible, but I couldn't find my glasses um, this morning. <laughs> and I can't see the text. I'd be, like, down here looking. So, you know, I wanted to actually preach out of a Bible, but... This one is up on the screen, talking about Job, and this is just introduction. There once was a man named Job. I used to think it was Job as a kid. <laughs> you did too, don't lie. <laughs> From the land of Uz, I'm like, Oz would have been better, but I mean, okay. He was a blameless man. A man of complete integrity, he feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He was a busy person. <laughs> he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. Like, why do you even need that many? 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire land. He was the most righteous man on the planet at that time. He had favor. He had, he had everything. He was perfect. Which leads to my point. You can bet on one thing. One thing is for certain. Hard times will come. Amen. Hard times will, and this, this next part is what kind of leads me confused, and you're going to have to turn to Job chapter 1. It's going to be verse 6 through 20. As you can see, it's not on there because Wes didn't have time for all that, putting that in the slides. Just going to be all honest with y'all. <clears throat> it says, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe I, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I got it Okay, no, here it is. 
It says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Some translation says angels. And it says, and Satan came among them. This is what, that, that's what confuses me. Just confused, like, like, can he just do that? Can he just, whenever he pleases, does he have access to heaven? Does, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. Can't answer that. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. <laughs> this is, this is, and this is just what frustrates me, if I'm honest. This next part, and see, my hand is shaking. He says, have you considered my servant Job? Like he's just putting them out there. Like blameless man has done no wrong. It said, then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his house and everything that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and have creased in the land. And then he goes, but stretch out your hand and touch all that he has meaning take it away, and he will curse you to his face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has in your hands, only against him do not stretch out your hand, do not kill him. So Satan went from the presence. If you haven't read Job, it's a tough book. And so you would know that in the next few passages that Satan takes everything away from Job. Takes his property, takes his animals, servants, kids, gone. Just him and his wife. You're like, 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 what, what, are, we, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing, God? What are we doing? Because I I look, and I want to say, well, I'm kind of like Job. I think some, sometimes we'll say, yeah, you know, I'm Job. When we get a flat tire, right? Stump your toe, break your arm. Man, I'm just like Job. Just like Job. Not quite, but that's how I feel right now. Told you I was lost. And so, just to let y'all in, if, and we've been pretty private with all this information, but once Jackie Lynch gets a hold to something, uh, and I love Jackie, and she, she does it out of her heart, but I'm just not a person that just tells everybody. And so it's, it's hard for me to open up and say, hey, pray for me. Pray for us. And so, as you know, my wife Karen is pregnant. She's had two miscarriages before. One before Charlotte, one after Charlotte, so right before this one. 
And so Friday, we went um, to Winston-Salem to talk with a doctor because if you, if you haven't kept up on Facebook or stuff like that, so this child, it's a boy, his name is Lincoln. He only has one kidney, and it is multi-cystic, some big word I can't even pronounce. And it's enlarged, and so basically it's not working, and there's not a, another kidney, and so I'm no doctor, but from what my wife is so much smarter than I am. Husbands, how many wives, how many of you have a, a woman that's, she can't be too smart, she married you. That's what people say to me, so I just thought, you know, got to throw a lighthearted moment out there. But, and so, no kidneys means it's not producing urine, which means there's no amniotic fluid, which no fluid means lungs don't develop. And so, basically, they brought us in Friday to talk about all the scenarios. Just, just laying it out there, like, what would you want to do, and this and we really don't know what's going to happen until Lincoln is actually born. We just don't know. We're praying for a miracle. But that's why I'm stuck. That's why I'm stuck. Because I say we're praying for a miracle, but I'm at a point to where like I don't even know if I believe the prayers I'm praying. Have you ever felt like that? Have you felt like that? And I'm just being 100% real with y'all today. Because anytime I bring, I know there's somebody else that's going through the same stuff or even worse. And I'm not trying to be up here and, oh, woe is me and stuff like that. I just know. Just listen to Paul, that that's how he connects us. God says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. That's when he has the most opportunity to show out. And I know, singing that song, one of my favorites, do it again. I know God will do it again. He's a God of miracles. He's a way maker. We got to lean on each other. I know we listened to Jeff talk about checking your circle for felt like eight weeks. But seriously, seriously, look at those who you have around. We're going to look at some of Job's friends. And so one thing I thought was funny about Job is when his messengers came and told him he lost everything. He just rips his, like, he ripped his clothes. Like, I wanted to wear, like, a white T-shirt and do, like, the Hulk Hogan thing. <laughs> he rips his clothes in anguish and despair, right? And he has his friends come. And when they get there, and these must be some awesome friends. I think the... the <laughs> The point, I will get there. You don't have to put it up on the screen, but the point I use is you got to have friends in low places, right? Everybody knows that. I got friends. See, you don't want me to. 
You don't want me to be on stage for worship. But they come. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to bring some guard. He's the greatest country artist of all time, okay? <laughs> okay, just want to let y'all know. His friends come. And they rip their clothes too. Because they saw the despair that he was in. Y'all got any friends like that? And they sat with him for seven days straight without saying a word. What? What kind of friends are those? I don't have no friends like that. <laughs> I got to go to my home, get in my bed. But you got to have friends. So if you look at Job, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Oh, we're going we're gonna to skip that. We're going to skip that. <laughs> I've already read that. I've already read that. Go to the next one. Yeah, we're going to skip ahead to Job 10. So go to your Bibles, Job 10. Job 10. And this is, this is where I find myself. This is where I find myself. <clears throat> this is where I find myself. Job is sitting here questioning God. Why then did you deliver? And I, I don't know. In this, I almost didn't use this scripture just because of how it relates to kind of what we're going through because we're praying for the opposite. But Job starts to question, why is he even born? He says, why then did you deliver me from my mother's womb? Why didn't you let me die at birth? It would have been as though I had never existed, going directly from the womb to the grave. Job has lost everything. He had his health taken away, boils on his skin, in pain. Had his wife look at him and say, why don't you just curse God and die? At least Job resisted that, right? Starts to question God and... and if you read from like basically the middle of Job, it's, it's all of Job just saying, woe is me. Why am I going through this? Crying. You ever been around those people? They're just negative all the time. Don't want to be around them. And, you, and then you look at them, and I'm sure that, that's how I feel some people look at me and say, do you even really believe in Jesus? Do you really believe in the God that you've preached about, his goodness, his faithfulness, he'll do it again? Do you believe any of that? And so that's why I'm stuck. 
Who are we to question God, right? Who are we to question God? He knows infinitely more. That's why if you'll look at Job 38, verse 4. Take me a minute. (laughs) And this is where, you ever had God just put you in your place? Like, could you imagine what Peter was like when Jesus told him to get behind me, Satan? Could you imagine Jesus saying it? I feel like that's, that's where I, what God is telling me here. And I think I'm having to preach this message so I get a wake-up call. Because right now I'm like Job where I'm just questioning everything. Like, why, God? Why, why even give us this child? Why even bring us through that? Why? Why? I don't get it. I'm sure you have some of the same questions. We have seen so many people die from cancer, COVID, car wrecks. Much more. Some just, you don't even know. They just, they just died. Young person I was reading about a couple months ago. Just died at the drop of a hat in the 30s. Like, why? Why, why, why do all that? Why even, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm with Job. Like, why even, why even, why was I even born? I asked that same question as a kid. If y'all don't know my story, I shared some um, Thursday with the Hope Center girls because they didn't, they didn't know. And I think that's why I have so much, you know, respect and, you know, why I like hanging out with them because my mom struggled. My mom passed away from DUI, intoxicated. And she, and just living through all of that, I said, why, why me, God? Why me? Like, especially when I have cousins that have great parents. I'm like, why, 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 why give me these parents? Why couldn't I have the mom and dad that was always home around the dinner table? Why did I have to be the kid that didn't have power? running water. Why let me go through that? If you have those same questions, I'm here today to tell you it's it's okay. God can handle your struggles. He can handle your anger. He can handle all that, but guess what? You got to give it to him. You got to give it to him. You got to present it to him. And yes, he's going to call you out. That's called conviction. That's called the Holy Spirit. Job 38, 4, if you, if you have it. 
I'm going to just I'm going to just paraphrase it. But God answers Job. God said, Job, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I said, let there be light? Where were you? Where were you? It just kind of smacks you. Because you're like, man, who am I to question you? You've created everything. That's why it's so amazing to look at all of you and that's why I have to believe, not just because, but when, when I think about how everything works, how we're created, how when I look at my little Charlotte and say, man, how was that formed inside my wife? How was it? How did a brain and a heart, skin, blood, all of that, I don't know. It just does. Sometimes that's not the, that's not an answer we're satisfied with. It's just it's just it's just how God created it, right? Isaiah fifty-five verse eight through nine, God says, "My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts," says the Lord, "and my ways are far beyond anything." You can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. So my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We don't we don't get to know everything. We're not God. And I think that's the struggle. That's the struggle because we are created in his image to be just like him. We want to know everything. And in a world where we can, where we have it on our phones, we can Google it. I Google something 10 times a day. Even if a person that I 100% tells me a fact, I will Google it. They could say the sun is yellow. I said, I'm going to ask Google. I'm going to fact check you. Fake news. Fake news. But in my honest opinion, you should fact check me. When Jeff preaches a sermon, fact check him. Because a lot of times we sit in a pew, listen to a message, and we just believe what that person is saying. But when we get into the word and dig, the word speaks to all of us differently. It's called the living word. And it's just amazing how long it's been around. And we still preach the same verses, tell the same stories. And God uses it different each time. Each time. And I think that's what Job realized when he, when he got that gut punch, the gut check. He realized and says, who am I? You have been good to me all of my life. 
You bless me with a family. You bless me with a little girl, a beautiful wife, got a house, got a car. I got food on the table. I got a job. I got friends. Who am I that at the drop of a hat when I go through something tough to question God, to give up, to stop listening, to stop seeking? Who am I? Because the real reason, if I'm honest, is I'm looking myself in the mirror because that's what we have to do. We have to get down, we have to look, and we have to say, suck it up. Because I'm sure Jesus didn't want to get on that cross. We even heard him ask him, take it away. If it's in your will to take it away from me, take it away. But he also said, had the guts to say, but I'll do what you want. I'll, I'll do it for them. And then to go and get whipped and beaten and to carry the cross. Who am I to woe is me? Because I, the reason, I think if we ask ourselves the question, why do we feel forsaken? Why do we feel forgotten? Why do we feel like God, it's, it's the opposite. I should be like, why have I forsaken you, God? Why have I stopped seeking your face? Why have I stopped reading your word? Why have I stopped believing? We have to answer ourselves. And then we have to be man enough. Sorry, ladies, woman enough to, I know we're in that, you know, don't want to offend nobody <clears throat> but we have to be man enough to say God I'm sorry the key is repentance it's up on the screen and I know it's a word that we don't like to use very often but we have to repent of our sins of our wrongdoings we have to give it to God we have to lay it down lay it down at the altar at the cross as I was preparing this message I was thinking of a, a sermon that David Craddock preached a few years ago you want it deer run um, his illustration he just had a bunch of luggage right on his back and there was a cross by the stage kind of like this one actually and he just laid his baggage down at the cross that's what we got to do that's what we got to do got to ask for forgiveness, got to lay it at the cross, got to present it to God. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've doubted you. I'm sorry I stopped seeking your face. I'm sorry that stopped stop believing in your word. I've just been going about life all wrong. And that's what that's in Job 42. I know I didn't say it. They'll throw it on the screen. Job 42, it goes through that where Job realizes he's wrong and just falls at his face and repents. And then God says, basically says, all right, now go prepare a burnt offering for your idiot friends because they didn't know what the heck they were talking about either. But they were, they were trying to do the right thing. 
they, they had good intentions, but good intentions ain't God's intentions. And that's what a lot of times we, we intend the right thing. We'll say something, and then my wife says, you shouldn't have said that. Well, I meant well. Well, she thinks she called her fat. I'll repent of that too. Luke 15, 7. I love this scripture. Love it. Verse 7, it says, in the same way, this is Jesus talking right here. So when Jesus talks, we listen. It's in red letters. It says, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. There's rejoicing. So I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're a believer in Christ, a follower. I don't know if you're struggling, if you're just like me and just kind of lost and stuck. But they're going to do it again I look, I was like, maybe they're not. <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're not. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, it's like an ebb and flow. It'll be a high moment, low moment. I don't, I don't know what it is you're going through. But my instincts, I feel like God's telling me that a lot of us in this room are struggling and you need to give it to God. If it's a relationship you seek, ask them to be your Lord and Savior today. That business can be done at the altar. It can be done at the cross. It can be done at your seat. It doesn't take somebody helping you pray that prayer. It's just a genuine conversation between you and him. So I want you to take that time, worship, Come to the altar, pray. If you need somebody to pray with, I'll pray with you. I'll be down here to pray with you. I don't know what we'll pray. Maybe we'll just sit in silence because sometimes that's all it, that's all it takes too. That's all it takes too. The Spirit of the Lord will go before us and speak for us. But I have something telling me that there's business that needs to take place. So, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, down on the cross for a sinner like me, God. Like all of us, God. I just ask that you move in this place right now, God. I can feel your spirit. There's business that needs to be done. I just ask that you give us the courage to move, to do whatever it is you're convicting us to do, that we will move today, that we will take some step towards you, that we will start to seek your face. God, move us in this next moment. Jesus, I pray. Amen.